What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to the interview with Henrik Norlander. At the time of this interview in December, he's a 76th ranked golfer in the world. Made almost $1.3 million on the PGA Tour in 2020. He's one of the best ball strikers on the planet, and he's a really good dude that doesn't get a lot of pub. He's not very active on social media. He's really funny. He's very insightful, and this interview has to be one of the more insightful interviews we've had from a PGA Tour pro. He's very introspective. Uh, he's got a fresh perspective on playing on the tour. He's flip-flopped back and forth between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour in his six or seven-year career. He also won two national titles, Division One national titles at Augusta State University when his teammates uh, were included Patrick Reed in those two years. He's a fine player, a really good dude, and just gives some really good conversation today. Uh, we played golf with him before this interview for about nine holes at Champions Retreat. Shout out to them for hosting us and allowing us to set this up. It's presented by our friends at Fantasy National Golf Club. It's our number one stop for anything golf stats, PGA Tour data, Corn Ferry Tour data. It's where we've gone for four years to get stats, to get tournament history, recent results. It's where we go for all of our research. If you're betting on golf or playing fantasy golf at any capacity, Fantasy National Golf Club is where you go. And if you go to fantasynational.com TJ, whenever you sign out there, you put in promo code TOURJUNKIES and you get 20% off any membership level that you choose. So shout out to Fantasy National for supporting the show. And now enjoy the interview with Henrik Norlander. All right, golf addicts, we are excited to bring a fun interview to the Tour Junkies podcast. Our friend, fellow Augusta native, Henrik Norlander. Thanks for joining the Tour Junkies podcast. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Just play a little golf with Henrik. Yeah. Got to see the ball striking mach- Swedish machine yeah, in person. It's incredible. What's in the water in Sweden, man? Like you guys, just like you and Stenson, this world class ball striker. You just. You just birth right out of the canal, knowing how to hit an iron know. in the middle? I think maybe because we don't play golf uh, growing up for 12 months of the year. We do a lot of other sports growing up. Like Until I was 16, I put away my clubs mid-October and didn't touch them till 1st of May, unless we were taking a trip to Spain or something in the winter. Hmm. And I played a lot of hockey. A lot of soccer, a lot of tennis, and I think you get a lot of stability, like just hand-eye coordination, and I don't know, it hasn't really bloomed off to my short game and putting, but, uh, <laughs> and then also, like, if, and then when we got a little old, and when I got a little older, we have indoor practice facilities where you have 30, 40 yards to the wall, hitting off a mat, I mean, it's tough to practice short game indoors, I don't care how good uh, astroturf is it's just tough yeah. to get the same feel I think we just hit a lot of more balls and I don't know <laughs> how did well, you we have some bad ball strikers too yeah Freddie Jacobson I mean probably one of the great, best great. tours short game, short game putters mm-hmm. I mean I'm not saying he's a bad ball striker but I mean I'm not incredible fashion sense yeah he wouldn't <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't pride himself, but I mean, Pornovic was a um, Pornovic is probably the guy. I, great hat guy. Yeah, yeah great hat guy. The, I mean, the, the, that didn't transfer to you as a young boy watching Pornovic. You didn't. Want yeah, to I did your, that a lot. You when did. I was a kid. Was yeah. it a thing like in Sweden? Yeah, for sure. Were... I mean, he was. He had that flair, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, Annika Sornstam. Yeah. I mean, Heard probably the best yeah. female golfer ever played. Yeah. You could argue that, but I think she's more famous over here. 
Really? I think Pornovic was the first one for me growing up that had like this flair about him, like wristbands. Yeah, no, but he, yeah, well, that was a little bit after his <sighs> that was prime. Yeah. But he had a hat, but he was the first with Lindeberg. Mm-hmm. Funky stuff, but like he was a superstar. And like I don't the, was he like the sweetest Ricky Fowler? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair question. Um, <laughs> because that's what you see with Ricky. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a superstar because of his fashion sense, because he, you know, the, and, the, and the kids love him and yeah. wearing him. Wearing, I think Jasper, like, I remember actually, we have good friends in Atlanta um, that invited us when I was 14 to come watch the PGA Championship at Atlanta Athletic Club. And Jesper was in his prime then. And I met him a few times. And it wasn't like we had big conversations there. But I remember walking in and like people, we were standing in line to get into the course. And people, I wonder what Jesper is wearing today. And like he had pink pants on yesterday. I wonder what color pants. Like people were talking about him. And yeah. I think that's sort of comparable to mm-hmm. Fowler. Yeah. For how, sure. How did you get to, um, how did you get from Sweden to Augusta? That's a long story, but I have to make Augusta it short. State, I guess. Yeah, Augusta State. Yeah, I'm... I. So my cousin Wilhelm Schaumann used to play on the European Tour. Played at University of Minnesota. His teammate Andrew Tank, at the time when I was getting recruited, had just become the assistant, and I was pretty good. And they recruited me heavily, and they won a national championship when he was there. And I didn't know much more, and I wasn't a great junior player. So, and they offered me a great, great scholarship and I was committed. And um, in about April of 2007, they said, you know, your math grades won't transfer through the Big Ten or something. I didn't really understand. You have to sit out a year. And I was like, I'm not going to Minnesota not to play golf for a year. So at the time, Kelly Edberg, he's probably your age. He played at Augusta State and then played professional golf in Sweden and tried to make it after college and I practiced and played with him so as an amateur when I was done with high school I played a bunch of pro events as an amateur and practiced and played with him and he, we were practicing when I got the phone call he said let me call Josh Gregory and he said yeah I just kicked two guys off do you think he's good enough I said he, he told Josh he's beating me pretty much every day and he said this is much money I have and I, Callie told me, I said, I'm in. And then I emailed Josh and he got me here. And I came here without coming to Augusta for a visit. Mm. I came here on August 14th and uh, never looked back. So so you weren't like, so Augusta didn't do a whole lot of like heavy recruiting of you. No, not at all. You, this just kind of happened. Yeah, but I wasn't great either. What were you expecting, like coming from Sweden? I was just excited. Like to me, if you would have asked me then, like... You'd rather go to the University of Georgia or Augusta State? I would have said Augusta State. Yeah. Because Athens, Georgia, I mean, I was just surprised at how many copy names it was of cities in Europe over in the, in the <laughs> year. Like Athens, Georgia. like Rome, never, Georgia. Yeah, Rome, Georgia. Yeah. I never heard of those places. Mm-hmm. I've been to Athens in Greece. I've been to yeah. Rome and Italy. But, like, to me, it was just, I was just excited, you know. Yeah. And Josh told me, yeah, we're going to get to play Augusta National once a year. And, like, I didn't really know what I was expecting, but I was just excited because I had a lot of friends that have been here. And then the previous year, one of good friends, a guy from Gothenburg, I'm from Stockholm, that we played a lot of junior golf. Now he's my best friend, but we were decent friends. He had been here for a year. That's very comfortable for me to come here. And we 
rent an apartment straight away. So for me, it was really easy to get in with the team. He's a good guy. He was friends with the teams. And yeah. Josh was an easy guy to play for too. He didn't expect much. He did, but he didn't. Yeah. If you took care of your shit, he was fine with yeah. you. So he won two national titles um, at Augusta State. Three-time All-American, I think. Yeah. Um, like any good... Obviously, you guys played some hell, hell of good golf. Any good funny stories? Any memorable college road trip stories? You know, you know anything stand out that you would be able to share without incriminating teammates or um, I, I think people to jail? I think one eye-opening deal for for Josh, and I think he would agree with this. And I was, this sticks out because things changed. A little bit that t- one time, and but this is we we're playing at Purdue National Championship my freshman year, and the golf course is set up. I think Kevin Chapel won at one over, and we play the first round, and we <laughs> I shoot 74, and I'm top 10, and we the next best score we have on the on the of the five is 83, and we have. 83, 85, 87, 89. Wow. And Josh is chewing us out, basically. <laughs> I mean, he was disappointed. I yeah. mean, we, were, we thought we were better than that. And then the second round starts, and he's all over the place, like trying to help guys out, like a lot of college coaches would do without any success in my mind. Because um, you play five holes without any help, and then all and of a sudden it, you come to a hard part three, and they're like, oh, hit it here. Like, yeah, no shit, don't hit it short right, it's water here. <laughs> like, I think it's a lot of inconsistent coaching that way, but so like four or five holes in, he's like, I'm just going to walk with you the rest of the tournament. I said, okay, good. He caddied basically for me. He didn't touch my club, yeah, but yeah. like... And I shot 73, 72 the next two rounds. I'm like six going into the final round. And we missed a cut as a team. And then I played the final round. I made the cut as an individual. I shot 84 and still finished 21st, I think. That's how hard it was. It was just brutal. Wow. Yeah, but I think that, that moment changed a lot for Josh to realize to coach more at home and let us go. And then when Patrick came on the team my junior year, the last two years that when we won, he swapped between Patrick and I, pretty much. He walked with one of us for 18 holes. There was no, he sort of, and I think that's a great strategy. Like if you look at other team sports, like the backup quarterback's not gonna get that much attention or the backup running back. Like you gotta coach really hard your best players. And we, Patrick and I were really good college players. Don't get me wrong. We were all Americans. We won tournaments. Yeah. But what people don't realize, we had the strongest three through seven in the country. Our five, six, and seven guy would beat any other five, six, seven guy in the nation, in my mind. We had the most intense qualifiers. We had, I mean, we got in fights, everyone on the team, and we loved each other. Yeah. We didn't have issues on the team, but... We, it will always be something about something. We would be out betting and it would always bet. We would go out to dinner and have a beer or whatever after. And but on the golf course, it was more intense. And that's how Josh wanted to build his team. I think that's why he was so successful. Mm. He had basically 10 guys on the team that wanted to play the tour and that somewhat understand what that meant. We didn't have team workouts. 
we didn't have okay you have to chip between one and two like he was always there to help us and he gave as much time as we wanted from him but if you're a junior in college and want to play the PGA Tour and you have to have someone come tell you to do stuff you're never going to make and I think that's I wish I saw that more from other coaches when Mm. it comes to college like if you got to call a senior to say you got to work out because you, you you can't clear your hips, whatever. In six months from now, you're not going to have a college yeah. coach to get you out of bed. Yeah. Like, and I mean, Ollie Bengtsson that played on the team he was a great junior player, and he played okay. He played on the second national championship team, and I think he turned pro and was a pro for two or three days. And he just said, "I'm not going to have the guts to get up when it's 45 degrees and raining and go practice and." I give credit to a guy like that, that realizing that, yeah, that he's, he has a great job, lives in Charlotte now and has family and like, yeah, I see a lot of guys that try, that try for too long, but they don't really try. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. not, I'm not going to say I'm the hardest worker in, in the world, but at some point to be where I'm at today, I've, I've put in the time, I've put in, put on four layers and a beanie and gloves and it's not always yeah. great even where i'm at today like i got to do my practice yeah so a lot you know as you mentioned patrick reed and a lot has talked about reed especially his college days whether yeah. it was at georgia whether it was augusta state where yeah. he's winning titles you know what do you like talk about being on a team with him you know what it was like um maybe what you got on him you know, you don't have to, you know. No, but I mean, like, I've I got this question so many times. And I mean, I don't think it's secret that people didn't really get along with him. But Patrick and I have always had a decent, decent relationship. All right, before we hear more about Henrik's relationship with Patrick Reed, we want to talk to you about our friends that sponsor the show, Better Help. And, you know, if there's something that interferes with your happiness, pre- preventing you from achieving your goals, Our friends at BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in just 24 hours. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's way more affordable, too, than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is also available. These counselors deal with things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, grief, self-esteem, and anything you share is confidential. So we want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash tourjunkies. That's betterhelp.com slash tourjunkies. Listen, you know, don't be afraid of it. Don't be ashamed of it. It always helps. This is a crazy time we live in. It's good to have somebody to talk to, especially a professional. So join over a million people who've taken charge of their mental health again. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash tour junkies for 10% off your first month back to Henrik Nolander and I would say with confidence I wouldn't be here today doing what I'm doing if he wasn't on our team I'm not giving like why is that because we had qualifiers like I said we had such intense qualifiers and I wanted to win those qualifiers because I wanted to be the best guy on the team so I spent 45 minutes extra putting because I wanted to beat Patrick and I can guarantee he did the same thing. But we got along. Like he respected me because I played really good golf. And we have. I mean, for me personally, yeah, it wasn't always the best for the team room to have him around. I'm not. And 
I, I'm not saying I was the best teammate either. I'm not going to sit here and say I was great. But you're, like you're all for, college kids. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. But I mean, when he was on in college, no one could beat him. Yeah. When he's on now, no one can yeah. beat him. Like if you're American, I'm not. I don't like watching him in the Ryder Cup because yeah. Yeah. I know how he gets in those situations, and I know he's going to win. Like, yeah. and I pull for the Euro Europeans. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> but like, so I know that, and and I admire a lot what he does because I think I think he's done stuff he deserves shit for, but I think it's a the, the, the the lens is a little too much on him sometimes and I, I just think he wants to play good golf and, and I mean that's what drives him and that's I admire that yeah do you think um, like it, and this may be a tough question yeah. to think about but like if, if it if it were me I would think to myself okay I was in college with this guy we were battling one yeah. and two all the time yeah one and two what do you like? What's the difference between, you know, from college turning pro to now? The difference between what he's done and what you've done, but both successful. I, I think. I mean, to be brutally honest, I don't think he's scared of anything. I'm not gonna say I'm scared of hitting shots or anything, but like, I just think like it, it's been when you have a personality like that like I love my friends I love we had just had a baby nine months ago I love being with my wife going couple stuff yeah like I love practicing too but like yeah golf is really important succeeding on the PGA Tour but sometimes that might not be yeah priority number one 365 days of the year you thought you know? with a guy like him that he's like yeah I think like all in he, yeah, yeah I'm all in too yeah I know I'm just saying like it's a really tough everybody knows Vijay Singh was yeah, like a, no, yeah no yeah exactly yeah. like I believe I'm gonna do both eventually I mean I, I'm on the path of getting a lot better and I, mm -hmm. I, I like at the end of the day this is my belief like when I get below below the ground and people come watch my stone they're not going to say, you remember that guy who shot eight under a champion's retreat <laughs> uh, in December on the yeah. front nine? Like, yeah, I wouldn't be remembered as a good golfer that I won this in this tournament, I played Ryder Cups, whatever that is. But like, the end of the day, like, oh, he was a great friend. Oh, wow, he was a great husband. He really took care of his kids really well. Like, that's yeah. something that I, yeah, that, that, like, if I get dropped off in, say Rome, Italy, no one's ever played golf in this bar. Does it really matter that I'm world number one or world 200? Right. Like, that, at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. the golf is such, like, for when I'm out on the tour, it's such a big deal, but like, take me to friends that don't play golf. Like, are they friends with me because I'm succeeding on the PGA Tour or lost? But they're not going to be friends with me if I have to do another year on Corn Ferry or if I never get back on tour. Or are they going to be better friends with me because I won the Masters? Like, I wouldn't hope so. Yeah. Then I have the wrong friends. Yeah. Like. That's a good perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of why with Reed, I sort of see him as like, 
getting a bad rap from a personality perspective. Not like he has a bad rap for certain things that he's yeah. done, but he also is not what people want. I mean, people want to relate to, like somebody like you yeah. to be able to talk to him. But all he does is, you know, he focuses on golf, and yeah. it's like part of it's his, his life, and, yeah. and and people don't want that. They they would no, rather exactly, you know, and I think that's where because he's a great golfer, yeah. And but that's where the bad rap comes from, also. I, I agree just, with that, a hundred percent. But I mean, like, I got called so many times about getting stories from, about Patrick when incidents happens because. So if he does something ridiculous on tour, yeah, what, they stop now they, because they call I, you guys. Yeah, 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 and I mean, some of them, uh, some of my old teammates that don't play golf anymore has said things. Whatever, that's up to them. I'm not yeah, judging, yeah. but like, I believe I'm going to win on tour. Yeah, and I don't want to have questions about Patrick when I win on tour. I want to celebrate that win. Yeah, right. Like, I have no interest in in, in talking right. bad about him. He's, I've benefited a lot about having a chance to be around him for two years. And yes, there's a lot of things maybe that I don't respect what he does, but look, so be it. Like, you're going to have glitches with everyone you're around. Do you talk to him at all when you're out there yeah, now? Yeah, we're, we're very cordial. We yeah. talk and we had lunch a few times this summer and sit down. And like, yeah, I mean, we get along. Yeah. It's a non-subject for me. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are very think the moment they ask me, I'm gonna just throw shit. Yeah, yeah. like and I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. So talk about let's let's get off of that. You you, you turn pro. Yeah. 2011 ish. Yeah. Um, you get but you, you talk about the um, the transition from professional golf to making it through Q school, which you went through. You had to go through. You made it through all three stages. Four. Four stages. I had to go pre-Q. Any crazy stories about like how close he came to like getting yeah, in? Yeah, I think not? the craziest story I was, you know, I got out there and I got to final stage and like you see some veterans out there that just lost their car and they're going to to get it back and like they, they hate being there and I was like a kid on Christmas, yeah. you know. I knew I'm finishing last. I had web.com tour status at the time, maybe even nationwide at the time, but but yeah. Corn Ferry now. So I'm like, I'm excited. I'm playing practice. I'm practicing like, yeah. go out, shoot bogey three, four under the first round, I think. And I was like, maybe four or five. I mean, just damn. See, so and then we get on tougher court, don't play too good. And when it's a six hour round, like, so I shoot, I want to say I shoot four under round five. And I'm one, two shots out of getting a PGA Tour card, but I'm like, just play solid around. I'm full status on the web. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying like, I'm not going to give him my best, but we go out on the tougher course. We start on the back now playing with Camillo Villegas. For example, like he won tour championship, I think previous few years before that. He, did he win in 08 or 09 or something? Yeah, somewhere around. Yeah, it's just when he's lost his card. And I'm like, Playing with this guy, I'll start off. I'm rocking Jay Lindenberg too. Yeah, <laughs> tight, tighter than I would win. Yeah, uh, but I get out there and like I'm pretty nervous, and I start off playing really solid, and like I make a bunch of pars and a birdie, sixteen to par five, and then seventeen is that island green. We start on the back nine, uh, Alcatraz. It's called PGA Stadium course, yeah. and like that's a nerve-wracking shot. And I was like, oh, I'm glad. <laughs> 
So I, and whatever, I hit it to like six feet, make birdie, go two under. 18 is a nasty shot for a cutter. It's water down the left, shit right. And I still can dream about this three wood I hit. I hit a 310, just a low piercing draw, make par, whatever. I mean, and then I birdie four and five, the par five, six. It's like 240 par three, water right, hit a 40 feet, make it. So I'm five under, I know, I'm like, if I don't right gag coming in, I'm on tour. Yeah. Like, and nine is nasty, water down the right. Seven is like hybrid wedge, make par. It's an nasty because you miss a right, you're reteeing, whatever. Eight, I've been putting, I'm using the broomstick at the time before oh, okay. the band law. I've been putting so good this day. And, but pin is all the way back, back left on eight par five and I smoked driver hit three wood up just in the fringe not like just first cut a great little chip down to three feet and I'm like basically this when thoughts come in like yeah good or bad but like don't get thoughts like and at this time I haven't seen I don't have much scar tissue right at this time I've been a pro for a year I'm about to get my tour card but I remember this little feeling like you make this I can bail left on nine Take water out of play, make bogey, still get on tour. And I hit the worst putt I probably ever hit. From three feet? feet and didn't even sniff. <laughs> it, 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 sniff hitting the hole. Whatever. Tap in. Go to nine. I don't feel... I feel fine, but I go to nine and just hit this. Aim down left center, hit this high bomb cut. Perfect. A little into the wind. Pin is back right. I pull my eight iron a little bit, but it's for safety. You miss it right, you don't want it. But I hit it 25, 30 feet, right where you're supposed to hit it. I have an easy uphill putt, but at this time, I'm broomstick. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm shaking, and yeah. I hit it, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, at impact, like, this is just ramming by six feet. Oh. And, like, now I got a six-footer with a cup and a half a break to get my card. Like... I've never played a PGA Tour sanctioned event. Never played a web event. Never played a PGA Tour event. And I get over it and I feel like I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm breathing here. Like I heard I'm supposed to take deep breaths. So I get over it. I'm still like, and you're like, the hand is right by the heart. You can feel it. <laughs> yeah. I get there and I hit the putt and it goes black. No joke. goes black and I hear it goes in and I, my knees almost buckle. <laughs> and I pick it up. Then whatever, add lure. Yeah, gets to 17, downs two and one water, whatever. He moved the number, so I could have missed that. Looking back, but that was later on. So (laughs) if you're watching that, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was Ed, but I think he got his card too as well. So, um, but at the time, I had to make that putt, and that was like, yeah. And Josh was caddying all four stages. Uh, He was exhausted. Uh, Six (laughs) rounds. And a good friend of mine, Mike Keys, came out, came down from Canada. He was on the team here, and his dad and some buddies. We sat outside PGA West and had a few Heinekens. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say. Hopefully, yeah. you had it. Awesome. Celebrate yeah. with it. That's yeah, awesome. for sure. Um, all right. So you had a great year. We're gonna fast forward. You yeah, had a great year this past year. Your best year on tour. Um, twenty twenty. You finished seventy sixth in the FedEx Cup. Yeah. So that full exempt status um incredible stuff there you so here's something we're curious about 
I mean, we've we've heard parts of it, but maybe you could go a little deeper. Like you won 1.2, let's call it yeah. 1.2 million dollars on the PJ Tour. Where does that? By the time you get paid, where does the money go? Like, pay, you pay coaches, you pay caddies. Are there yeah. other, like how do you? How do most guys like manage? Because I'm thinking financially, how I would think through it. Like, do I? Do I? You know, do I? How much am I setting aside for expenses of what it's going to take to to play this thing? Am I paying? How much am I paying my agent? How much am I paying? Like, what's the average? I mean, I'm not. I got a financial guy in town that helps me, but like, or I'm in the CPA or accountant. But the way I'm raised, I'm pretty. I'm not gonna go buy have a good term i'm not gonna go buy a new car and you watch like mm-hmm. i drive i bought a car in 2015 it was used and still drive the same car like mm-hmm. it doesn't it's nothing that makes me warm and fuzzy it makes me warm and fuzzy for 20 minutes and it's just gonna sit in my driveway for 30 weeks of the year so <laughs> to me that's never it's probably not a great question because i'm pretty but i mean in terms of what you guys what most guys on tour have to pay out your team right so your caddies yeah, the but coaches. they pretty much the ones I pay make more money than more money I make. Does that make sense? Yeah. But so what if, percentage of what you're getting is going to those guys on average or the average pro? I mean, I think like if you have a, I mean, somewhere two, three, four percent, depending what agreement you have. And mm-hmm. um, I like it that way though. Like, not paying them like a weekly fee or whatever like i always pay my caddy weekly fee but like if if i have a, work, a short game coach and uh, in my short game my putting improve i'm going to make a lot of money yeah mm-hmm. this guy josh gregory yeah. my college coach he's going to deserve a lot of money yeah and you know it incentivizes I mean? him yeah and i think that's a fair way of doing it and i think that's to me it feels more like like if like i finished six at memorial and made whatever three hundred thirty thousand, and I'm going to pay Josh a good check then, or and whatever coaches I have, and like I have no bad feelings about yeah. giving mm-hmm. a good check, but like if I if I pay him a monthly fee, for example, and I miss six straight cuts, I think I was going to feel like oh here you go for nothing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but like yeah, and I think that's a nice way of doing it. Some people like it more. Okay. This is what I'm going to pay you, and if I feel like you deserve a bonus, I'm going to pay you a bonus. Like, yeah, I like having a percentage with most of my guys because it's incentive. I mean, they get they have incentives. Like, yeah, they're incentivized. It, like, for yeah, exactly, and yeah, it's still me. Like, yeah, the coaches help, but like, and a good caddy helps, but like, a good caddy will never make a six footer on the 18th to avoid right. missing a cut. Like. And like I love my caddy. He's been around. His caddy's seventy six, and like he gets that. He's caddy since when? Nineteen seventy six. Um, Your caddy? Mm-hmm. The year before I was born. Jeez, yeah. man! And is he, is He's he caddy a- for Wayne Levy, uh, Watson, Scott Hoke, you name him. He's Damn. been on the yeah. What's his name? Tim Falmuller, Smiley. Damn. Um, is he older than Fluff? No, he started when he was, I want to say, 62. He started when he was 17 or 18. He's great. He's a real yeah. guy, and just we get along great. And he um, He's definitely more of the old-school caddy, like Tuesday, Wednesday, take care of your practice run on your own. But when we get in the mix, Saturday, Sunday, he's there. Yeah. And he's very sharp. Yeah. 
How did you get hooked up with him? Yeah, I just he's been around, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, yeah he's and been. I know I, I know him, and I I just like his demeanor and his personality, yeah. and um, he's not trying to teach me how to play golf. Yeah, which that's what I think mean. a lot of younger guys and what I've seen in the past, like not all the younger guys, but you get so good caddying Tuesday through Saturday and then when it really matters it's easy to get gun shy and I I, I don't know how I would be as a caddy like the way I look at it like when I ask my caddy for an opinion I want his opinion I don't want a yes answer Mm -hmm. because I could find a local caddy at every event that carries my clubs and And caddy is more than that to me like if I ask you for the line if if I if I read a putt and I'm hundred percent sure on the if I believe I'm hundred percent sure on my read I'm not going to call him in, but if I call him in I'm not going to tell him what I think because then it's going to be easy to say I agree with that mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean like yeah. I just think I think every person is different when it comes to caddies and I'm really pleased and I think that's another I had him for a year and a half on the Corn Ferry when I got my card back. And then the previous years when I got back on tour, I've changed caddies because I haven't been pleased with the cat. And to me, it takes eight to 10 events to really know where you have each other. And like, I felt like he wasn't like, I got my tour card back in 1920 season and I missed the first four cuts. I looked like I've never played golf before. I played so bad and he didn't, I never felt any stress from him. Like, hmm. am I ever gonna make money? Or, yeah, yeah. And, and I think I mentioned that earlier when we were playing that I think that's a big difference for me now like I struggled this fall but I know I'm doing the right things I know I'm practicing like I'm gonna have bad stretches of golf golf goes up and down just gotta capitalize when it's up and don't get too down when like don't I'm not saying giving names but I think a lot of guys jump on firing their agent firing their caddy getting a new coach like whatever you do in life, you're not going to be on your peak 12 months of the year. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You're going to have a hot streaks where you're going to make 80% of your money in 20% of your events. And that's, I think it's pretty much true. And I truly believe that now. Like I don't freak out when I play bad. Yeah. You talked about that with, when you went to see, um, Butch Harmon, yeah. you saw Butch Harmon for yeah. a, a couple of times. Um, and you talked about just how cool that was. Yeah. Any, um, any good Butch Harmon stories? Yeah, I mean, I have out. some that I probably can't share, but yeah, that you I can't think, share. But I think what he's <laughs> he got in my, I always like we talked we talked about this a little bit, but like I'm not a terrible putter to begin with. But if I putt when I putt good, I'm gonna have a good event pretty much. That's yeah. how it goes. And I always worried so much about my putting. It occupies a lot of my worries about my practice. I would practice so much putting, and my expectation would shoot up. And then I don't make the first 10 footer on the first hole. And it's like, oh, why did I, you know, like just a lot of worries. Like you have thoughts, right? And I went out there and saw him and he was very impressed with my golf swing, the way I was hitting the ball, controlling the ball. And he was like, basically, you don't have to worry about putting. Stop worrying about putting. Like you keep hitting it like this putting is non-factor. And it was just cool to hear that from a guy that... I would argue is the most successful coach for professional golfers of all times. Like to me, it was like, yeah, I mean, and I know what he meant by that. It wasn't like, you don't have to get better putting, but like 
if you hit it closer, you're going to make more putts. That that's just if you keep hitting it to 30 feet, you're not going to make putts. Mm -hmm. And like to me, that just that was right before Christmas last year. I went to the West Coast where I usually don't play great to Sony, and I didn't even play great there, and I finished third in putting. Mm -hmm. You know, like. And was it because in four weeks I got so much better at putting? I think Memorial this year I finished top five in putting. Dude, you gained 8.2 strokes putting at the Sony. Yes. So when you're so it's 8.4 at Memorial. Yes. For me, it's a lot up here, right? Yeah, so I'm, but, a put, I'm a good putter. Dude, you have... Actually, I'm looking at it. I didn't even look at this beforehand because I looked at like long-term stuff. And yeah. long-term, you can see the putting is like at zero or like a little bit below like yeah. almost to negative one but the events where you're positive yeah you are like big time positive yeah. 7.1 yeah. at the sanderson 8.4 memorial 8.2 at the sony yeah that, that's those are big you're gaining a ton of strokes yeah on but I, I know what it is and that but that, then it drops off yeah but that's what i'm working on right yeah. so like i technically i'm fine yeah technically i'm fine and to me, it's just like, so, so I start an event and I see a few go in and like, I, I could go in mid middle of the round and like I hit a bad ship and I, I could tell like, hey, I'm making this. But then it could be the opposite too. I miss a few early and I stand from 185 out within seven hour and then I basically stand over it like, okay, it's better be in, inside three feet if I ever gonna make a birdie and like, I'm a mental midget when it comes to putting at times, and it's getting better. But like, and I think that was the message from Butch: like, stop worrying about it. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not, you're on tour for for goodness' sake. Like, you're not that bad at putting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. So to like green the different green speeds or surfaces or grasses. I'm better. To get to? I'm better. The faster it is, the better. Do you think that's okay? So. So for you then, it's it's never really that technical. No, like you don't really it's think not. like it's like, it's more just like your confidence, you know, with your putter. And yeah. There, there's like you, you don't ever feel like there's anything technically that wrong. It's more just you know the feel yeah. and everything else. Do you think it's like that way for most players, or do you think it it just varies? Some people like to be real technical because for me, putting is feel related it just is i mean you can get the read right, but you still got to have the right feel for the greens and everything else, as opposed to just yeah. I mean, I. I had a conversation with Kissner one time, and this was after Detroit this year. And um, I finished 12th that way, Kissner finished third. And I think I was, I mean, you probably look it up. What, what event was it? Detroit. Um, this year? Yeah. I mean, look at my ball stri striking stats from oh, that. Event. Insane. You finished 23rd. You gained. No, that was uh, Minnesota. Oh, uh, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. Uh, was that Rocket Mortgage? Yes. Is even better. You gained 8.6 tee to green, 8.3 with your irons. You lost 2.5 on the greens and 2.5 around the greens. And I finished. And you 12. finished. Uh, where am I? Tied for 12, I think. Yeah, T12. And like, I was talking to Kissner on. Yeah, and, and he, he. He freed me up, and I don't think. He doesn't need more credit. God, no. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, come but, on. No, now. but I mean, he's like, if you take a ball in your hand, and you're just going to throw it to the hole. And like that, to me, is me. I went to work day, didn't putt great. 
but then the more something what he said just that thing freed me up like work day you gain strokes putting that yeah but the, and then the week after was memorial and you gain strokes again yeah so like so after Kisner freed you up you gain strokes too and, and I mean that's how simple putting yeah. is right it's, being good technically is not that hard with putting it's such a small motion hmm. but like I would think about okay and this and this and this but then some great player but not a great ball striker how would you hit a cut ask me i just move it up in my stance and they look at me like i have six heads like (laughs) no but i mean that's how simple it is to me to hit a high cut seven iron right yeah oh but what are you going to do if you're going to fly it down and hit a draw i just move it behind the middle i'm going to increase the circle it's going to be a draw like i mean yeah so like yeah i'm sure it has I used to arm lock now for a while and I've got more technically sound. I mean, to become really good and confident, I believe you got to be technically sound. It's just not because you're just going to throw the ball. Like, yeah. I believe I'm a good ball striker. It's not because I have good hands, because I can repeat my motion over and over and I'm technically sound. It's mm-hmm. not luck every time that I flip my hands at it. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a little bit of both. But for me, it's definitely just believing and like, I get this a lot too. Like, hey man, like, why didn't if you just putt good? Like, yeah, it's not lack of working at it. Like, and that's something I really need to give a better, better self talk when it comes to putting. And like, don't listen to idiots that yeah. wants to tell me like, oh, you just got to putt better. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, I never tried to miss one single putt in my entire <laughs> life. Like, no, but I mean, like, and it's funny with like people around town that so big supporters they don't sometimes don't get it and yeah. I don't blame them but like they don't know what else to say they're like man yeah, you like, just like, and I mean I know that's been hard probably for my parents or for my dad like he's a lawyer and very successful in his own right and he's a 10 15 handicap but like and I, I could imagine I can't imagine to if my son William starts doing stuff I have no idea about just to be a supporter yeah without giving advice right yeah. like mm. I don't know, like. Well, the difference in your job and my job yeah. is you get this. I can go publicly and see everything that you're not yeah. doing well. Yeah. You can't go when you have a shitty shit. day. Yeah. No one's going to call you and say, "Ah, oh, you." Yeah. Used the K on the keyboard too often instead yeah. of the Q. <laughs> like, I mean, it's 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 out there, right? So, so, so you had you recently had had the Rona. Yeah. You had the Rona, and it sucked because it's one of your best events, the RSM in Sea Island. Um, I mean, it sucks anyway, but it really sucked that week. Yeah. Um, We have a listener question. We have a a listener named Marcus at Marco Powerpuff wants to know if you had to quarantine with one golfer, one musician, and one actor, who would you who would you pick? One golfer, Tim Heron, for sure. Lumpy, (laughs) funny guy. He's one of my better friends out there. He's unfortunately moved on to the to to the Champions Tour. Um, he's not only a, just a funny guy; he's been really good and helpful to mm-hmm. me. But drinking beers with him is about as fun as you're gonna have too. Mm-hmm. Um, musician, this is a really hard question. I don't listen to that much music, but uh, probably Johnny Cash. I mean, he's obviously not alive, but yeah. I just think it's a pretty interesting story what he went through and the rebound he made like yeah. and I think that's another thing like 
I used to be very judgmental of other people. And that's still not great, but like people make mistakes. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they're bad people. And like I think he's a, there's probably better better people to talk about, but I think he is a very good example of like he was going down a pretty steep hill mm-hmm. and somewhat got ahead of his bad decisions and made up for it. And and I used I think that's a good lesson when it comes to like um and even with your golf game, like sometimes I, I feel this is probably a little deep, but like sometimes I feel like I let other people down when I don't play good. Like but like I'm not that bad at that anymore, but like yeah. back to what we talked earlier about like if my friends don't want to be friends with me because I shot seventy five, yeah, they ain't my friends. Mm-hmm. And like and that's another thing, but like I mean, this this inner voices in yourself you talk about, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we all have doubts. Yeah. And like, and I think that's something that's held me back to like, like, you have a few bad events. Are you good enough? Like, those doubts are not really there anymore. I know I'm good enough. Yeah. I know I can play the PGA Tour. I know I can win out there. So I can let bad stretches go and get back on the horse start playing better quicker than I yeah. used to because I'd be like oh maybe I need to do this do I need to change equipment do I do like things that are not important like uh, I have yeah I gotta get to the to the actor too now yeah yeah okay. <laughs> that was a fun question and you got real deep on it I like yeah, it no you're, but you're, I mean you're a, you're a yeah I'm a thinker for sure I think people don't yeah. really see me as a thinker but um Actor, actor. Stellan Skarsgård, maybe. Who? Stellan Skarsgård. He's a Swedish guy, but he's done some movies. I don't really know. He's just a tough Swedish Viking sort of (laughs) type of guy. I don't know, though. Um, I I would just like to have four different personalities. I'd be a different personality than Tim Heron, obviously. Johnny Cash would probably be very different than Tim Heron and I. Yeah. Like, I, I would love, I, I just love good discussions. So, like, if I had to do 10 days with yeah. three other people, like, I would just really... You have plenty to talk about, I yeah. think, with that group. Yeah. Um, so, so... 20, will Ferrell would be pretty funny. Will, he loves that. Yeah. D, DVs, that's what your yeah. favorite. Big time. We don't need to get into the story about yeah. you. Caddy that's off the podcast. Yeah. I'll talk yeah. about my yeah. time with Will Ferrell. Yeah. yeah. So, we talk about quarantine. You know, 2020 seems like the year of quarantine and COVID and all that kind of stuff. But let's go Let's go on to 2021. So, mm-hmm. you were, what, 76 in the FedEx Cup standings? And mm-hmm. I play, like, shit off all except Mississippi somehow. I, I wasn't... It's a funny thing too. Like I, I didn't play good there either, but somehow I was like twentieth going to final round and just managed my game really well. Yeah, I made the made. putts I needed to make, yeah. and then T four. Yeah, and then range session felt awful halfway through, and then I hit a seven iron. It's like wow. I hit another one. It's like wow. Well, it's like one of your few events where you lost strokes with your irons. Yeah, but I mean, I just played safe because I didn't have it. And then the last day I striped it and putted good and shot 65 and finished fourth. Yeah. And like, yeah, looking forward to 21. Like, 
Where does that, so, you know, being 76, where does that, you know, what's your status like for 2021? I mean, I'm in pretty much everything. Like, there's a few invitationals that are top 70 from previous year. I believe in those invitational rolls around and hopefully be top 70 on the current year. But the numbers usually go to 76. I'm in those events. So it's a big adjustment for me. It's the first time where I can pick and choose. I was going to say, it's like yeah. your first year yeah. where you get to so choose. So before, I've always that's played awesome. when I can. But this is going to be hard because... Dude, that's huge. Though. Yeah. yeah, it's huge, but it's also how do I love to play. And like I figured out, to, like, third, pull four, the reins third, back third four week of a stretch is usually when I'm at my best. Third or fourth week of the stretch? Yeah, like five like weeks. Third or fourth in a row? Like yeah. The third, fourth event of a five-week stretch. Because we hear from a lot of, we ask that question all the time. Yeah. We asked, we asked, we just asked Kisner. Yeah. We asked Charles Howell before yeah. him. You know, how many weeks in a row before you start feeling fatigued? And yeah. most of their answer is like third week, you're usually okay. Fourth week, done. But fourth you're, week you're like just heating up. Though. Yeah. Like to me though, like I mean, that's another thing I got better. Just because we have perfect ranges, pick whatever ball you're playing. You have coaches available. You have short game facilities that are out of this world compared to, I mean, I have a great facilities at home, but like if I play a bunch of weeks in a row, I'll take Monday off. If I'm in the program, I might practice for two hours on Tuesday and then play the program on Wednesday if I'm week four. But I do that week one too, because I know I'm going to play five weeks in a row. Like my rookie year, I play seven in a row, but I'll be out first one out there Monday and last one to leave Wednesday night. So your weeks look different now. Yeah, like now, like I I, I believe this is my and, and I re, like if you don't have it Wednesday afternoon, you ain't gonna have it Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. You better figure out a way to score. Mm-hmm. And like it's like you, you do your practice at home. You get prepared at home. You, when I play my best, the tournament weeks are vacation. I go play 18 holes of golf, I warm up, I do, I take care of my stretching. Yeah. I don't try to get stronger on the road. I have a trainer at home I work out with. I think it's very important. Yeah. But that's what my trainer and I talked about. We maintain on the road. I have enough rubber bands to travel with a bag of freaking rubber bands. So <laughs> I can stay loose and yeah. I can stay... And I get stronger in the off season. Yeah, we don't have much of an off season, but how much stronger do I need to get? I mean, yeah. like I hit it far enough. Yeah. I I don't think if I hit it for twenty yards further, I become a better golfer. I believe I can control seven iron mo- better than most people control nine irons, anyways. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so, we saw that today. We did. What are when you look ahead and now you you're like licking your chops because you get to make the schedule. Yeah, and we hear guys. We've heard guys the last five or six years talk about how important that is. What are the what are the courses you look at and you're like, dude, that that course is for me. That course. I mean, is- I like Sony. I love San Diego. I've never played any good there, but I'm gonna give it another try. Mm-hmm. I love Palm Springs after Sony because it's playing in a dome. You get a pretty good feel where your game at, like where your game is at. Like it's not windy. It's not tough conditions. Like if you're playing bad, it's because you. It's not because you're hitting it back. I mean, you're playing indoors on in perfect conditions. Like, you know where your game is. I, as of now, I'm going to play everything on the West Coast because I want to get going. Like, these weeks at home, like, I've been off for two and a half, two weeks now. Like, just kidding. You're, you're ready. ready. Yeah, you're so ready. like, yeah. and 
we're staying with family friends in Palm Springs they're awesome family like that's a fun week this pro-am like I tried to look at it like that yep yeah, I might take Pebble off but I love Pebble like go to Pebble for a week like that's a lot of people's bucket list dream how do you not go for yeah. play for 7.8 million at Pebble Beach like <laughs> yeah. you look at yeah, that what are the golf courses though if you yeah just but I believe course, my game is like if I play golf also I, I just realized you and I are both wearing Stan Smith's yeah that's nice. all I wear but um, you wouldn't yeah, think about I that. mean like no, I think it's funny so like I won in 19 on, on the Corn Ferry Tour in Wichita right and I, I never do private housing with a family. I do one time a year, even on the Corn Ferry, and that was in Wichita. <laughs> I got to know a guy there that's heavily involved with the tournament, big wine guy, loves to cook, one of my absolute favorite people in the world. And I was making my schedule for the Corn Ferry, and the Wichita was a perfect time to take off. I, I don't like the golf course. It doesn't fit me very good. I can't disappoint this guy. I'm going to go play this event. I'm going to treat it as a fun week. And I did, and I won. <laughs> so, like, what does that tell you? That we're stupid for trying to bet on golf? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much that's what No, that's... but, like, so San Diego, if you look at Torrey Pines, you got to hit it straight. you got to be fairly long, and I hit it straight, and I'm fairly long. I'm not bomber, but I'm long enough. Yeah. And you got to control your irons. That's you. Yeah. All and, that is you. And yeah. I made the cut there once. Yeah. On the number. So, like, that's why I want to go back there because I know that golf course is good for me. Right. But if, if you don't have it, if you don't have it on the PGA Tour, it doesn't matter how good the golf course is. Mm -hmm. The competition is too strong. And I believe the same way if I don't like the golf course, but I believe my game is good enough. If, I can, if I'm playing great, I'm going to compete at any golf course. Mm -hmm. Like, I think... I think a lot of guys set their schedule up. Obviously, you need to set up your favorite golf courses. I don't blame them for that, but like you're coming to your favorite golf and you have the duck hooks, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I mean, the golf course ain't going to move. Yeah. Like, the, duck, the duck hook is not going to work on any golf course. Right. So, like, to me, it's like, to me, it's more of managing my energy levels. Where do I take time off? Even if that means it's a golf course I play great at. Like people are like, oh, it's so bad with the corona, you got to see island. But imagine if I got it in Napa, I had to sit in a hotel room for 10 days. My wife and my kid got it too, so we could get in the car and drive home and quarantine together. Otherwise, if it was in Texas, I couldn't fly home. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it happened at a place where I had a lot of success, but it also happened in a place where I could drive home for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 like you can't. And I'm getting better at this, and I want to get better. Like, don't always look at it that I got screwed. And I think a lot of guys in my job look at it that way. Like, stop up and realize how freaking lucky I am. Missing three cuts on the row on the PGA Tour it ain't the worst thing that has happened to anyone. Listen to you, man. You no, no, but it I mean, ain't. It ain't. We gotta. Yeah, <laughs> how long, long did it take you to start saying ain't? Too long, I think a lot of people say. But <laughs> I say y'all all the time too. Yeah. But well, y'all's a little easier than eight. I feel like I feel like in the progression yeah, you get to y'all. Yeah, yeah first, I mean, I've been there for thirteen years. And then eight, you know. Yeah. But I think like I think I'm doing better now of enjoying playing the PGA Tour too. I'm not saying like having more fun, but like realizing that 
struggling ain't the end of the world. If you never struggle, you're never going to have fun succeeding. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a balance to those two things that I don't think... Like, like look at a guy like a Tiger when he struggled a few years ago with divorces and people chasing him down. And, like, he never struggled before. He didn't know what that was like. I think that was even tougher for a guy like him. Yeah. Because he always... He played... He top ten every every other event. Yeah. Or he won, he won every four events in top ten pretty yeah. much every time he teed it up. He didn't really up, come but, through much. Yeah, uh, like before that. And I think like you look at guys like I mean like a guy like Kevin Kissner. I mean he hasn't had a straight line to like I'm I'm sure he enjoying succeeding a lot more than because he's been through tough times too. Mm-hmm. Like I mean. And that's what's so cool with golf. Like when you str- when I'm struggling, and when I'm feeling it start turning around, and I get to a tournament, and I feel like more confidence coming. I start hitting the shots I want. There's no better feeling, and it's not about the check on Sunday. It's not to me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy making money, but like, same back to like when I'm below the ground and people come visit my stone. Mm-hmm. It's not about that I made this and this my career earnings. It's because I was a good buddy, a good dad, I was a good husband, whatever good it is. Good podcast guest. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's very <laughs> out on that. But, like, I, I think that's what it comes back to. Like, yeah, the money comes with, right? If yeah. I do take care of what I can control and, and I'm doing what I need to be doing to become better, that's going to come. Like the money will come. Like the money, money is just a byproduct of what yeah. you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of guys have never made it. They're focusing so much on whatever it is, wheels up, net jets, being able to take their family on a big boat. And like, if that happened, but then you're in it for the wrong reasons, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'd be happy to fly private maybe one day and be able not take my family through the security like that that's the downside of traveling all the time right but like that's not why i'm gonna get out on christmas eve in the rain and, and get some practice in so i'm more prepared for sony it's not because i'm gonna be able to fly net jets like that's not what i'm in in it for. like yeah if that happens one day i'm not gonna not right. gonna do it like mm-hmm. i'm gonna treat myself but that's not like like I said like when I've been struggling and I work hard and I get to a tournament I start hitting the shots and like I'm starting to feel calm. like that's the feeling I'm looking for mm-hmm. that's how you build confidence that that's how you have fun with golf I think like you can't expect to always play good yeah learn how to match your expectations with your ability for the week for the day like that's a big thing I've learned over the years that's what I see in amateurs. I told you when we were playing, like amateur six handicaps, they're in between clubs, they, and they get over the shot thinking they're one good shot away from playing the PGA Tour. They play the shot like they're gonna hit the best shot of their lives, and that's why they never get better because they just they're they're in their own way. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do you have I, a, do you have a mental coach? I do. When when did you start with that? Too late. I was, just about to, I was just about to ask yeah. if that's recent. Not that recent, but two se- 2017. Okay. 
I was at a dark Marriott in Kansas City after I played in Omaha, Nebraska on the Corn Ferry Tour and I was ready to break every club in my bag. I didn't have fun. I finished like 35th, missed like four greens all week. You know, it was just frustrated as hell. And I called this guy, Brett McCabe, which I love. He's an old baseball guy, LSU guy, but gets sports. He gets, mm-hmm. And I'm telling him how bad my feelings are and my bad my thoughts will be on the course. And he goes, yeah, so? That's normal. You're a human. We're just going to work how you're going to handle these balls. Mm-hmm. And, and I've tried with other guys in the past, and they will sort of be like, you can't think that way. Yeah, but I just did. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like... Yeah. Yeah. Don't think that know, way. So I'd like, I mean, I'm like, that's going to work. And really he's, he's like... And I mean, I give Josh Gregory a lot of credit. He's a golf coach, but he's somewhere in between a golf coach yeah. and a mental coach. Yeah. Um, it just seems so mental, man. The more guys we interview and talk to, yeah. it's unbelievable how mental the whole thing is. And, and home life, too. Like, yeah. you talked about... Uh, on the when we were playing, yeah. you talked about now that you've got your son, that you just feel different. Yeah, but I mean, they came out some this summer and like they came to Vegas. There's the week after I finished fourth, Mississippi, ten under cruising. Yeah, that chat. You said, "Come on, no, no, no. Vegas." <laughs> no, they were in Mississippi too, actually. Okay, but um, they came out to Vegas. I shot ten under the first two rounds, four and six, like fifteenth. Obviously, I'm starting to feel really good about my game. Uh, headed to four feet on one make birdie and then you just make a bogey don't make anything you just make bad decision coming down the stretch Saturday shoot three over I'm not happy obviously right. like I've sort of pissed away a good event I felt like come back to the open the door and he's sitting in his bumble seat getting fed like and can't stop smiling when I walk in right two Changes minutes after things. I walked in there I couldn't give I couldn't give a shit that I shot 74. <laughs> yeah. And I probably wouldn't have given a shit I shot 64 either if I shot 64. And like, week before, I I was 20th in Mississippi the last round, and they weren't allowed on the course. I shot 65, signed my car, and went back to the room. And we had to get to dinner before it was bath time and dinner for him. I didn't even know what I finished until I got my text. Like... And that wasn't important. And, like, that's where I really could tell, like, wow, this is going to bring me down a notch, too, when I have success. Because if you have really big highs when you play good, where is your lows going to be? Super low. Yes. So you want to be a little... Yeah, you've got to be a little high when things are yeah, great. Yeah. And when things are bad, you can't pretend to be good either. But if it's from here, I want to take it to here. And... Yeah, traveling with a baby will do that to you. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can imagine. So when you walk in after shooting at seventy four or whatever, yeah. and and you see him, and you're not as all consumed with it, does that? Do you just think like for you on that just makes Sunday's round freer or like? It's yeah, just but that's different. one thing that that I think there's always a next event, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I could have hung it up. I didn't play good Sunday, but I grinded my ass off. Because you don't know when it turns around. You know what I mean? And that's the saying Brett and I talk about, rob the bank. Do you think a lot of guys out there mail it in on Sundays? 
I'm not going to say a lot of guys, but I think a lot of guys have done it and they lost their card by a point or yeah. then get in the tour championship by point six points. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, like, if you mail it in, you're not passionate what you're doing. Okay? Yeah. A mm-hmm. um, few quick ones and then we'll, we'll go. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite funny movie? I don't know. Wedding Crash is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty stupid, too. So, yeah. That's good. My, yeah. my favorite ones are the dumb ones, too. Are you... Uh, so, I'm super su- superstitious. I got a lot of, a lot yeah, of stuff. Very, I'm very like, weird. Uh, a lot of crazy, weird stuff. Anything for you on the golf course? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I don't care. I'm in a T7 in my pocket, but, like, I usually use the same marker and... If, if I don't make any pots, I might turn it around and see if that changes. Like, it won't, right? But, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's something. just that's you. No, and I mean, I tell you this story. So, like, I use a royal blue marking pen. And I have a green and a black in the bag. But that's someone needs to borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't use anything else. Uh-huh. And playing third round at Memorial. And I'm marking ball on like 16. I can barely get any pain. I was like, you got it licking it? Yeah. No, no, pretty much. I'm shaking it. And, like, yeah. and then I had a wedge on 17, full bore gap wedge. I need a new ball for 18. And I'm like, and 18 is not really the hole you really struggle. <laughs> Playing with Steve Stricker and I'm like in contention. And I was like, didn't think about it. And then that night, I was like, damn. And I'm in the afternoon on Sunday. I got to go get a blue, royal blue Sharpie. So I go to Kroger across the street. They only have black Sharpies. That's it. <laughs> so I go find an office depot or something. They're closed Sunday. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to employ it. And like, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. Like, who cares? Black, like. But as you're doing it, you're yeah. thinking to yourself, why do I so, care about so this? So I'm eating lunch at Memorial. I, I forgot about this now. So whatever. I use black. I said, damn, I don't have a role. So I go down in the pro shop. So you have a... I said, what are you looking for, Henrik? Pro. I said, I, I'm off my royal blue. I said, we got some. And he finds a perfect, the, the full one, not the short shop. Uh-huh, you know, so how much? Oh, you can have it. <laughs> and then I, I just remember marking it. so nice. So satisfying. Marking, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, stuff like that can... So the answer is yes, he is superstitious. Yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah. Um, have you ever been in a fist fight? No. Good. Good man. Um, why? Why? I, now, this may not be a quick one, and if you let, let me know when you stop. Yeah. Wrap this up. Uh, a kid from Sweden, I, and this may not be even true, read that your favorite golfer was John Daly. Yeah. How, it used to be. I mean, like. How does a kid from Sweden. Their favorite golfer is a redneck from Arkansas that smokes. Yeah, but I mean, we don't really know what a redneck is. He's different, <laughs> right? He's different. Yeah. He has a flair about him. Yeah, maybe a different flair than Jesper Parnovic, but like, I think guys like that makes it interesting. For sure. I mean, if everyone was the same, like, yeah. like Dustin is sort of a bad boy, right? Plus, he's the best player in the world. Like, he's so good. And people don't really know who he is because like and then he wins the masters and he can't get words out and mm-hmm. people i think change over one interview mm-hmm. opinion about him yeah. i just 
I mean, I don't know him well. I mean, I've been around and he's a super nice guy. I'm just saying, like, people don't know, like, who we are. I think people make judgments who we are because we act a certain way, right? And one interview changed his. I think John Dale has always put out who he is. Yeah, mm -hmm, 100%. And I think I like that. Yeah. And there's other guys people don't know about, like, but they're good people like just because they're bad in an interview like i played a lot of practice rounds with vj my, my, my rookie year and with, we got along great with vj yeah. yeah he was just nice and supportive but yeah you of, hear a bunch of bad stuff yeah though. because he's honest in media yeah. i don't want to answer that question yeah he thought it was stupid that annika sorenstein played in the colonial he got a lot of shit for that but he said what 80 guys was thinking We're about thinking, yeah because there was one guy that didn't play that had their pga tour card that was sitting at home that week right yeah and i'm not saying right or wrong sure. i'm just saying he said what 90 guys on tour was thinking yeah you know what i mean like well the the talk right now is charlie woods yeah what, but little john daly is a stud too yeah. yeah if you if you had to lay a wager down right now i said Henry, do you have to put a thousand dollars down on I go one, with of the, John. one of those two <laughs> kids to have more PGA Tour victories. I would go with Lil John. I think I would, I think too. I would too. I mean, I think Charlie, I, mean, I watched a little Something. bit because it was so cool. And yeah. like, it's just cool to see Tiger being so pumped up. It's like he's winning the Masters all over yeah. again. Like, that's just cool. I mean, I'm a golf fan. I play the PGA Tour. I'm a Tiger fan, yes. And now you have a son. It yeah. probably feels different. No, I mean, it was just cool. But I think, I hope I'm wrong, but I mean... How are you going to play in the footsteps of Tiger Woods? Right, that's going to be tough. I think with Daly too. Like, I mean, Daly had so much big, big John, just so much natural ability with yeah. his game. But he also just like let everybody into his personality, and he had yeah. flaws that people like. That's what we are. I mean, we all as individuals have those flaws, like he had. I mean, he had he, he battled them worse than, than almost anybody. But to me, that's what. I appreciated so much about him, yeah. you know, and, and he, I mean, look at him, he won two majors and just. Yeah. I mean, look at a guy like Bryson, I think he, he catches a lot of shit too, right? But he's different. Yeah. I mean, doesn't he make golf somewhat interesting? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he, I'm not saying what he's doing is right or wrong. I mean, obviously it works for him, but we'll see in a few years how, how the new tour player would look, who knows? I mean, do we have enough real estate? That's a different story, right? right? To build a golf course longer and better, whatever. But like, he makes guys like you, guys like golf people talk about golf. 100%. He makes it relevant because mm -hmm. he's not the picture perfect. Well, Reed free. does the same thing. Yeah, exactly. In other ways. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, and that to me is what makes this sport go. Like, I think um big tennis guy growing up and like look at you had Pete Sampras who was so good and so perfect right uh, and then you have Agassi Agassi that was so good but he had long hair and mm -hmm. he did cocaine occasionally and like he was a bad boy mm -hmm. but you think that that helped the ATP I promise oh, you yeah. now you have Roger Federer is the nicest guy in the world you have Rafael Nadal is the nicest guy in the world Djokovic, unfortunately, hit a ball boy, but he's a pretty nice guy. He might be a little fiery, but like, you have all these superstars that are all the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you need different yeah. people. 
See, we're on the same level here because I played a lot of tennis growing up, and Agassi was yeah, man, Agassi, Agassi was the man for me. Yeah, I even had the the pump. But yeah, Sambras was pumps. the man for me. <laughs> yeah, Sambras was the man for me growing up because he was so good and like he was just perfect, right? He was not as perfect probably as Roger Federer, but like he was more of a Federer type. But Agassi made Sambras look so much better too mm-hmm. in that sense. Like they had their battles, mm-hmm. and then. Agassi is a great example too. He turned around and met Steffi Graf of all people. Look, look at if if their kids start playing tennis. Good luck. Oh, I mean, yeah. like you have one of the best male players of all time and the best, the best female. Team. Like, how are you going to live in that shadow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're top twenty in the world. And you made two million a year, but your mom was a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean. Like, I mean do you have speaking of Tiger? Do you have any like Tiger story, or like do you have your first time meeting Tiger or anything like that that, that you have a personal? I mean, I almost choked, but um, play congressional his event my freshman rookie year, freshman rookie year, in uh, thirteen, and he was hurt. So I've made a cut, I finished, and the player lounge was full, so I went and sat in the TV room, and there's no one sitting, someone's sitting on their phone, and I didn't think, I was sitting down, he looks like, what's up, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I had no idea what to say, but like, yeah. it's just, I, I haven't really met him and spent any time, but anytime he walks around, like, it's like, it's real, like, I mean, he, I think he has that feel in a lot of players. Oh, yeah. What, are you tight with Stenson at all? Or do you talk? Yeah, about yeah, we, we 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 try to play some and talk and when exchange ball striking secrets or anything. Not really. I don't give any secrets away. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question: What would you want to do in life uh, after golf, or you know, whenever whenever it's over? I don't over? know. I mean, is there a life after golf? That's the big question, there is. right? Yeah, but everyone they're in their prime, thirty-five, thirty-eight, and. Uh, I'll never play the Champions Tour, and they all end up there, right? <laughs> um, yeah, there's a life after golf. I think I want to give back to community, like Augusta, obviously. And I don't know. I want to be involved. Like, I want to do fun stuff where I could help people. Like, I've got a lot of help along the way. Like, that's a big thing for me. Remember where you come from, and like something like that. But I don't know if there's any. I love cooking. But that's a bad investment starting a restaurant. But that would be really cool, I think, to yeah. cook. But if I keep playing really well and make a lot of money, I can maybe you afford, afford losing, make, losing some money. Yeah. But uh, that's something that I'm very passionate about that's get my mind off. And, and, and I wish I could play golf like a cook. Because I love, and I'm getting better at this at golf, but I love the process of cooking. And I don't really care about the finishing product, but firing out the green egg, whatever it is, marinating, mm-hmm. yeah. opening a bottle of wine, having a glass of wine, glass of beer. Yeah. And then when the time to eat, like, oh, yeah. I can always call in for a pizza if it's shitty. <laughs> I, I no, feel but the I mean, same way. No, no but perfect. I mean, like, that's the, what I said, I've been preaching all, all this podcast, right? Like, if I do the right things. Yeah. Eventually, I'm going to play good, right? Yeah. If I'm 100% prepared going to a tournament play bad, so be it. Yeah. Right? And that's what I mean. Like, I wish I could cook the way I... Because uh, oh, you're perfectly fine going through the process of cooking. Yeah. And the steak not turn out the way I put too much salt on it. But I tried my best here. I did the... I put this much salt on because I thought this was going to... 
enhance the taste, right? But it didn't. Yeah. All right, let's call for a pizza. I mean, that's a great no, analogy. No, but, I mean, like, but but then you may change it up and do something differently, and it turns exactly. out incredible. So. Yeah, exactly. But then next time you learn from that, right? Yeah. Okay, I put too much salt on it. I'm going to do this, but I'm going to add a little bit more of this and less of this, and that's the same thing, right? You have your process in golf, and you keep missing cuts. Okay, what? We got to break this down. What's not working, right? How am I not getting better? Okay, we're going to put a little less salt here. And then eventually the, sh- the results are going to change, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you got a couple cooks. We're the cooks in our household. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we feel that. Um, you know, and, and here's the hoping that the right amount of salt hits your tournament yeah. weeks. You know, in 2021, great, uh, great uh, opportunity to take advantage of the schedule that you want and, yeah. and we hope uh we hope you kill it man get that first win under your belt and Thank then more you. and then just then we'll know, do another break one the maybe. seal you know then we'll do another, we'll do another one, one after yeah. that we'll celebrate um thank you henrik norlander thanks to champion to treat for hosting us here this is awesome and um you know i would tell people to you know follow henrik on social but he completely refuses to do social media it's a lot like you yeah it's yeah. a lot like you maybe if you kick the bucket henrik can be my new podcast yeah. host um, yeah, my agent is on me to get a little better, but I'm gonna work yeah. on it. I'm 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 on him about the same mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah. um, all right. Thank all you, right. Henry. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you.